0: This is John. This is Danny. Welcome to Do You Know? All right, man. So uh, what's going
1: on? So
0: Russia did it, man. Putin went into Ukraine.
1: We we called it
0: out. Yeah, we uh, we talked about it. So, do you think China's gonna do something similar? I mean, it looks like since they they paired up, mm-hmm. China and Russia, and Russia went ahead and did it. It look. I mean, it looks like World War Three, right?
1: Well, it's sounding like World War III. Um, So the day after Russia went into Ukraine, China sent six fighters over Taiwan. Wow. So they didn't shoot anything. Yeah. But they just impeded the airspace. Yeah. Just to let them know, by the way, what are you going to do about it? And the U.S. is in such a weird predicament. Because what are we supposed to do?
0: I know. Like, Putin basically said, if you mess with us, we're, I mean, he didn't say the word nuke, but he implied.
1: Well, he put his arsenal on high alert. Right. And, um, the president of Belarus, just want to make sure I'm saying it right, um, Belarus, B-E-L-A-R-U-S, has joined Russia. So they're the neighboring territory to the Ukraine. They're allowing the soldiers to enter through their country into Ukraine. Yeah. And he put yesterday in the um, Jewish post, Jerusalem post, he threatened uh, to have a World War III. Wow. This was his warning uh, as they get ready to send troops into Ukraine. So they're going to join Russia in the fight. So now you're going to have troops from Belarus joining the Russian forces into taking over Ukraine. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when people get into a fight, like at a club or something. Yeah. And you're with your friends. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes all the friends jump in. Right. right? And other times people are like, no, it should be one-on-one. Right. If they're like civilized. Well, this is looking like it's uncivilized. <laughs> right. Because now someone else is jumping into the fight. Right. So it's almost like if someone, if Belarus jumps in, who's supposed to jump in on Belarus?
0: I know, man. I mean, so do you fear a nuclear situation? Like, do you fear that that Russia will launch on, like, do you fear that NATO will do something silly? Well, NATO
1: has more everything than Russia. Yeah. So they have like more fighters, more soldiers. I mean, everything, they outnumber Russia. But Putin is 70. So
0: he's not, he's already looking at the grave. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, he's not really looking at his life and going, Well, I have another 40 years to go. Like, he could die from a heart attack at any given time. So he's not really looking at the long term, I don't think. Right. I think he's looking at it like, I'm going to get some land and expand my memory in Russian history. Hmm. And I don't really care how I go out because he's already 70.
1: Right, and I don't think he wants to stop at the Ukraine. I think that that is just the start because it's like once you are in a bloodbath, you know what I mean, taking over territories, it's like the game of risk. Yeah. Why stop there and take a victory card? Right There's no reason to stop there, just keep on trucking, yeah, you got the number two largest army um which is which is strange because the number one largest army is India. Ah, India has a million fighters. Wow. I looked that up the other day because I was like, are we so even though we have the most sophisticated technology, yeah. so technically we're ranked number one, yeah, because of the types of weapons we have. But if you just went soldier for soldier, yeah, we have a small army in comparison to Russia, India, China. Yeah. What makes us the number one military of the world is the technology we have. They're like, use more primitive, even though they have newer weapons. For example, they want to charge Russia with a war crime. They've been using these ballistic ammunition. So what it is, is when the ammunition lands, it explodes like grenades. And it's meant to kill civilians. So you just launch it into random areas. And then the shrap metal from the blast will just take out all kinds of just women, children, whatever. Yeah. And they've been using it in the Ukraine on the civilians. Wow. So... The, I guess that weapon was outlawed by many militaries because of the amount of damage it was doing to civilians. Yeah. And when the grenades don't actually explode on impact, they turn into landmines. Oh. So then you step on them, they'll explode. So they're having, you know, they're trying to figure out how are you going to stop Russia? So now they're trying to go after them with money. So they've kicked them out of the uh, banking system. So they put a sanction that limited now their transactions uh, to the main bank of the world where they can't trade. Russia closed their stock market and they're not allowing um, people who wanna sell anything, any of their stocks out of Russia. So, like, if you're a business or a company and you own shares in the Russian market, yeah, you can't sell them right now. Everything's like frozen. Hmm. So, a lot of companies are trying to pull out, like BP Oil. All these huge companies are trying to pull out of Russia now because they know it's going to be bad PR. Right. So they're trying to get out of there. They're trying to take sell their shares, get out. They're not letting them. They're letting them. You can leave, but you can't take any money with you. I so see. their uh, ruble has dropped to about a penny now it's worth a penny a ruble. I guess the high is like ten or twenty cents so it's not like it's uh ever was worth a ton of money it, right It just is down to like a penny now, so they think that as you cripple their money they're going to be able to uh they won't be able to afford to do this war into the future so like five years from now right but what they don't understand about. The United States and Russia, which I want to point this out for our listeners, is they have the most sophisticated um, technology when it comes to internet destruction. Yeah. So they could actually, right. So they could actually come in and destroy our grid, our power grid. And we're so reliant on this electric energy now. Yeah. That we actually could take a huge hit and then they could do the old. You want us to turn your lights on ten million dollars yeah, five billion dollars
0: yeah, you know it, the the um the hackers the Russian hackers are like the the best in the world according to a report that I heard, so yeah, that is something to be wary of I'm surprised that they're so like revered,
1: yeah, I mean I'm wondering why. Like okay so I'm not president but imagine if I was president right now. Right. My thoughts would be hack them. Knock out their lights. Like shut off their gas. Shut off their natural, you know, gas. Everything from Europe that they get, shut it all down. All the infrastructure for trucks, done. Yeah. And just start to really isolate them. Like I would be calling everybody like look, we need to isolate them. You have no more help. You're not going to be importing anything from the world. You're done until this is over.
0: Right. But but Putin gave a threat, though. He said, if you attack me, I'm going to retaliate in a way that people have never seen before, which implies a nuclear retaliation. But
1: But isn't that what he means is if we join the fight? We send in soldiers. Right,
0: but I think an attack on the infrastructure would count as that. Oh. Uh, Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you shut down Russia, it would count as that. And that's what I was bringing up his age for. Like, mm. his age being 70, I don't think he's looking at living a long, healthy life. I think he's looking at it as being towards the end of his life.
1: So he's trying to leave the legacy. He's in the legacy. He's
0: in the legacy years. And, you know, I think he's probably giving himself maybe another 10 years to live, you know. Or maybe he's already sick. Maybe he has cancer.
1: Right. Or dementia.
0: Right. So maybe he's already... I
1: I read a report that he's been isolating himself the last few years. That he hasn't been himself. Right. That he hasn't been social. He hasn't been leaving his compound so he's been kind of in his own bubble. Yeah. And people were questioning his mental capacity. Yeah. But I find that people do that always when when someone is misbehaving or acting up, they always question like their sanity. Right. And I notice that is like an ongoing theme even in just regular jobs. You know, you work at a job, uh someone has a bad day, they're rude or whatever, then it's like the the water cooler talker whispers like, "You know, they're always kind of crazy, you know, like <laughs> it's, it just seems like it's human behavior to start, you know, attacking people's mental state. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll believe those reports just cause I know that's human nature. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, you start knocking someone down, like they're crazy. They can't do anything. You know, how are they going to defend themselves? You know, we don't know Putin, right? So you can create this whole sub story. Yeah. And <laughs>
0: yeah, we're, we're never going to really know until we do know until, you know, something <laughs> happens and um and the truth comes out but his behavior has been a bit erratic you mm-hmm. know i mean invading another country is not exactly sane behavior
1: yeah i mean i would classify this as a civil war in my mind even though they have freedom just because it hasn't been that long that they weren't a part of the regime so right. like they were a part of ussr yeah and we know that they were then they got independence they got democracy And it's like, now they're fighting the regime. It's almost like they're trying to fight for their freedom. They already had the freedom. But it's like, they got to fight for it again. So it reminds me of like a Civil War Part 2. I see. Because the regime basically let them go, but without conflict. See, they just let them go for free.
0: So they they delayed. Yes. They delayed the conflict.
1: Exactly. So now they're going, well, yeah, we gave you freedom, but now you need to fight for it. I see. So that's how that's how, kind of how I'm I'm feeling about it. But what I what I'm a little upset about NATO is now that they're in the conflict and they've been trying to get into NATO, it's almost like that they're throwing all these rules and regulations at them is a little bit silly to me. It's kind of like they already did their paperwork mm-hmm. to get into NATO, so yeah. all it was going to take was the vote of the nations to let them in. So they were almost in. Now, because they're in a conflict, it's like, well, we maybe wouldn't have voted for them. So now they're taking that like kind of pussyfoot, kind of wiggling. Because like if this wasn't happening, then they'd be voting to let Ukraine into NATO. Right. That's where they'd be with this. And then if they would have had the war next year, Ukraine may have been in NATO. Yeah. Which would have been really bad. Because then everyone would have had to fight Russia because that's kind of what the alliance is that's what the alliance is so what that means is Russia is scared of NATO well, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean you know you don't want to go up against a larger entity
1: well, the whole world yeah and I and I, except for China, yeah, it seems like NATO only lets in uh like <laughs> democratic mm-hmm. countries well yeah,
0: because that's the because they vote right yeah. Russia couldn't get in. Right. Russia,
1: I think at one point wanted to be in NATO. I'm not positive, but I remember reading a tidbit of something where at one point they were having discussions and it was like you can't get in. Right. Like you're you're completely out. Yeah. <laughs> so they probably have a little bit of a I hate NATO, you know, banner going on. You know what sucks is that a lot of people in Russia are just good people. They're just people trying to work, raise a family, and like we're like they're gonna get hit by all this. So like their money's worth nothing their stocks are crashing. So like just all because of like what your leaders doing.
0: Isn't that the case though with like everything? Like I mean, usually like the average American doesn't really have much to say about what the leaders do, you know? Right. So like when Trump was in office, now Biden's in office, you know, the average American doesn't really have much to say about what the leaders do. On right. their behalf, you know? I mean, we only elect them in. Once they're in, they do whatever they want to do.
1: Well, we have a little bit of balance. Like, they can't just declare war. They need to go through, like, you know, the Congress. Right. You know, there's like a whole... There's like a bunch of things that need to happen to declare war. But I think Russia has something similar with their parliament. I, I'm not positive on how that part works. I know that everyone has some kind of balance of power. Yeah. But it seems like what you're saying is right. If if like Trump wanted to have an attack, they'd find a way to do it. There'd be some kind of ex- executive order or whatnot at that time.
0: Right. Because Bush went into Iraq. And, well, he lied about it. Right. So that's what yeah. that's what you're saying. You're saying if they if they wanted a reason to go in, they can make one up. They would find
1: one. Well, that's what Putin's doing. I mean, the reason yeah. he was able to get this attack was he was saying, well, we have to defend ourselves because it looks like Ukraine's going to attack us. Right. So he started doing the old like rope-a-dope. Oh, they're they're near us, even though they're putting their military near them.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. How about if this is the um, like the lead up to actually just like the revelations? Because like, so we had talked <laughs> about that a few months ago. Remember we're talking about revelations. I was seeing the signs like all over the churches. Yeah. And then like I had a dream and it was like a huge <coughs> white light and I woke up like scared. Yeah. And I was like, man, am I, am I envisioning something? Like is it, is it is the end here? How about if this is actually it? Like how about if the next show we have, it's like underground. <laughs> 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 like we're all like from some like, you know, underground colony. Yeah. Like, I, I heard the, uh, the uh, if it ever goes down, Scorpion Bay is where the uh, resistance is supposed to meet. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I was always... That's what I was told. Scorpion Bay. Yeah, it's near Mexico. Okay. I guess that's where the, the meeting of the resistance is supposed to take place. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the listeners know. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so what, what, what would you do? You know, yesterday, um, the government website updated what to do in a nuclear attack
2: uh-huh. on their website. Okay. And they
1: gave... Um, some suggestions, so one is not to touch your eyes or mouth in a nuclear explosion that okay. de- detonates so you 're supposed to try to get indoors and stay away from windows okay if you can't be indoors and away from windows you 're supposed to find anything that could protect you um like a, a car, a tree, some kind of bridge, anything underground. Anything lower that like you could be under, and you're supposed to lay face down. Lay face down. And not touch your mouth or eyes after the blast. Okay. Um, and then it was basically just take a shower, burn the clothing that you have, like everything on you to get rid of as soon as possible, shower as soon as possible, and try to wash off as much as you can of the uh, radiation. Okay. And that was, that was their suggestions. I just... I don't know if, if those are uh, those are great. I mean, it really depends on the radius of yeah. where you are in proximity. Well, we're
0: in Los Angeles. So I think Los Angeles is a prime target, right?
1: Definitely. We're near the waterway. Perfect place for it to come in. It'll come in from a sub. So yeah. the way they do it is the nuclear arsenals are pretty much in submarines. Yeah, They have a few, obviously, aircraft that can drop them. But the way you set up your nuclear arsenal is around the world in submarines yeah. that are harder to detect. Right. So it would come from a water water source. Obviously, that's where the, the warhead would be dropped from. Right. So obviously, that comes right out of the Pacific. So they could be in Malibu or whatever, and that's where they would send it. And then they would go back under the water and escape. Yeah. So that's bad because, <laughs> <laughs> you know... Because it doesn't give you a whole lot of of radius. I think the blast. It's probably like I don't know, fifty miles in every direction. You think fifty mile radius? I don't know. I don't even have like a. I <laughs> mean,
0: because modern warheads are so different than what was dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So I don't even know what modern war or warheads can do. I don't even know fifty have, miles. But seems have they actually tested right. them? That's what I'm saying, I I don't even know. I mean, I'm so far removed from these megaton warheads. I mean, they have like hydrogen bombs now and they have like megaton nukes. Uh Um, I don't even know what the the blast radius is now. So I'm pretty sure it would be over quick. That's the good news. The good news is Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it would be painless.
1: Yeah, well you hope, I mean. (laughs) You pretty much, it's basically a fireball. So if you think, you know, being engulfed in fire is painless, (laughs) (laughs) but I know my, my heat signature (laughs) would be a little tingling. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So you, yeah, I mean, you have to worry. I mean, the other thing is if you did live it, live through the blast. Yeah. Then you have to deal with the, now the next phase would be the uh, 20 years of um, radiation storm. Yeah. So, which, which is the part of the bomb that I think is the evilest. It's like, yeah, it's not only, uh, you know, 50 mile or so fireball blast. Right. But now for the next 10 to 20 years, nothing can live. Like vegetation can't grow. Yeah, waters trash. Underground is trash. It like ruins everything. Um, there's like ash blocking the sun. It's like the weather is thrown off. Yeah, it's like you. It's like you can't repopulate. Just like destroys for a long time. I mean, look how long Japan had to deal with that, and that was just like the primitive weapon.
0: Yeah, that was like the first generation, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, we're way in the future now. Right. Um, But their vehicles aren't from the future, though. Like, they're all broken down when I look at the war updates from the Ukraine. You know, lots of these uh, Russian vehicles and tanks are all broken.
2: Yeah.
1: Side of the road. So I'm wondering, is there a chance that they're still using the old stuff?
0: Oh, I see. It could be. I mean Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I have no clue. It's it's not like they give us a lot of information about the nuclear arsenals. You know, it's a it's all top secret. So I I have no idea. But I just assume that it would be over quickly. So I don't worry about it. Is what I'm saying. I I don't I don't worry about it. I think the people in charge know enough about Putin and his state of mind to not aggravate him to create a launch system. And I think that the people in the FBI and the CIA and the military know enough about who has what dirty bomb to prevent, you know, uh, a terrorist from launching some kind of nuclear weapon. So I, I don't live my life on a daily basis worrying about being vaporized by yeah. a nuclear weapon.
1: Now, do you consider Putin to be a terrorist?
0: No, I don't. But I was just mentioning yeah. because that's another alternative. The, sure. the other alternative is either Putin launches nukes and wipes the world clean, or a terrorist takes advantage of all of the un- unrest and decides to launch something on Putin. And then Putin decides, oh, I'm being attacked and then launches his nukes as a result. So I'm, I, I just think that the, there's enough people who are working for the common good. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that we have the best technological military, in place, So I think we have a lot of intelligence. I think the mistakes that you hear about m- us making, you know, the, the military, the law enforcement, those are the mistakes that you hear about. But those are probably like the one or two percent mm-hmm. of the mistakes that happen. But the 98 percent of the ones that we catch are things that we don't hear about. Yeah. You know, so I think that we're in a good position being in the United States.
1: Absolutely. You know? I mean, even like we talked about Los Angeles. I mean, I know that they have about 200 silos just in the mountains, like Santa Monica Mountains and stuff like that. Culver City. A lot of those have the old silos for a protective system for an attack because they are worried about, um, you know, having another kind of like Pearl Harbor. So yeah. they had set up a defense system so that if you did have an attack coming in off the coast. Yeah. We do have some kind of missile defense system to protect the coastline. Yeah. Which <clears throat> I mean, who knows how old those are. Right. And you're hoping they've they've updated them. You know, they're not going to be using nukes in those, I don't think. No. But some kind of ICBM.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, so it's a weird time. I mean, I kind of look at Putin a little bit like a terrorist because when he said that he's targeting women and children, he said that uh, three days ago.
2: Yeah.
1: I thought that's a little bit of a terrorist statement because now he's trying to invoke fear into women and children. Yeah. When they're trying to escape to Poland. So you had about like 70 or 80,000 in a day get to Poland and Poland was only letting in the women and children. Yeah. And he's going, well we're going to we're going to attack the women and children. So, it's almost like he's kind of taking this cowardly approach where he's going, look, if you don't want to just lay down your arms because that was his first the first thing he says basically, look, if soldiers will just lay down their weapons, we will take you as prisoners basically. Right. And the Ukraine's response was we will fight until every last man is dead. Yeah. And that's their their train of thought. And Ukraine, they got some fighters. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them some props. I mean, I had uh, read that they killed about twenty eight thousand uh, Russian troops. Wow. In uh in their capital. Wow. And I mean, to have kind of a small army, but they have a really good um, air force. I guess they have. Uh, this was trending on Twitter. I guess they have a pilot. Uh, going by Ghost. And uh, he turned into an ace his first day. Shot down 10 Russian fighters. Wow. Yeah. And both like their MiGs and their... They have two types of planes that they fly. He shot down both. And in a career, if you get 10 sh- confirmed kills, you become an ace. He did an ace in like one day. Wow. So he's like one of the only pilots, you know, in modern era. You know, so they're trying to figure it out, and they have some caption of what they call him. He has some name, but yeah, you know that you have these uh basically these new. He's gonna be like a folklore in the future, like in the future history books. They're gonna be talking about this this air force pilot for Ukraine, yeah, and what he did during this war. Yeah, which is pretty amazing to to hear history that's gonna be in like twenty years from now. You know, right, they, we're living through it. Right, they're gonna be talking about this about this pilot and what Putin did and. You know, and and we are basically getting our news, you know, from all these different sources. But with TikTok and Twitter, you're actually getting reports from people just in the city. Yeah. And I think that is pretty cool, even though it's sad because you're seeing like a lot of hurt and dead as well. And uh, today I read that they did destroy their um, airport now. Uh. So that's bad that they took out their their means, I think, to get the fighters out. Yeah. So. Anyway, the U.S. said that Russia was about three days behind their schedule where they thought they would be militarily. Hmm. And they just keep sending in more troops. So I think at some point, you know, it's a numbers game. It's like you have enough fighters, you know, versus less fighters at a certain point. You know, you just keep going ratio, you know, three to one, you know, can they fight 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, month after month, week after week, you know. Yeah. And that's why Ukraine, you know, I think they're asking for a ceasefire, and they try to have a meeting, and they trying to do all these things, unless they're going to get more troops. So that's, right. like, the whole thing. Like, if you can keep bringing in more men to right. fight, right. you can keep a war going, but yeah. you need more, more countries to send in more military.
0: Yeah, and that's going to aggravate Putin, because then he'll consider that people fighting against him.
1: Right. So... You know what it's going to take is we unfortunately have a very weak president who's giving a State of the Union address tonight. By the way, I don't know, just so listeners know, Biden's actually at five o'clock giving a State of the Union address. And he's going to address this war, okay. Which I'm, uh, I kind of want to hear what he wants to say, but a part of me kind of already knows what he's going to say. I think he's going to give us the, you know, we're going after their uh, banking. Uh, We're going to support Ukraine with, uh, you know, aid, you know, food and water and money. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they want to bring in immigrants here, we'll take them in. We'll provide some kind of way for them to get here. But uh, I don't think he's going to take the stance to, uh, you know, give us any kind of guarantees moving forward of what this is going to mean. And like we talked about earlier in the show... If China goes and starts to take over Taiwan, just like uh, we had talked about like yes. way back, yeah, then what's the U.S. going to do? Because now uh, a country that wants democracy is under siege.
0: Do you think that the U.S. should be a police person to the world?
1: Well, I think we already have the role.
0: So you, you, do, think, you do think we have the role?
1: Yeah, we have the role. We have the role. I mean, I think that the U.S. should leave that role. But it's too late because we've already been like this uh, freedom. You know, we have the big freedom, the United States freedom of uh, the world of America. And we we have, you know, military all over the world. And we're always trying to protect against terrorists and, and, you know, and, and people who are being... Um, held down, you know we want to give this um, democracy yeah, so we 've already taken the role, so like especially like with Taiwan, for example um they 're counting on the u s being there, we have military out there they 're counting on us to protect them, so we 're in a bad situation because we've we 've limiting our resources, and we 're getting ourselves into things that we don 't need to do, yeah, but what can you do at this point? Just, like, clap your hands like a dealer and just, hey, walk away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, my, my, my hour's up. Right. I don't care if you're up or down.
0: Yeah, it is tough, you know, um, especially with, like, these huge world powers, you know, because um, we just got out of Afghanistan. And, you know, we, had, we, we see the problem with extended warfare. You know, mm-hmm. and so for us to get involved with another war, I don't know that the United States is prepared to get involved in yet another war, you know.
1: And that's a scary thing. I mean, even when Israel had their little war, I mean, you know, they had a three-day or something war a year ago. Remember, yeah. they had that. They're getting rockets every day, and then they um, started getting more aggressive, and people were, you know, the... Um, Palestinian states were talking about you know Iran and other people doing this thing against Israel, and then Israel assassinated one of their physicists, yeah it's like a big thing, and then they were asking, is the u s you know going to help israel yeah and biden uh didn't want to um take that approach yeah of sending any kind of uh troops and he didn't even in the news, he never really supported israel in that in that takeover of the uh to Limit Palestine You know they, they changed the I guess the distance That they had in Gaza They had again bulldozed And pushed them back farther Yeah So that's my That's where I'm curious Is what stance Are we going to take I mean we have We basically have Someone who's not badass As our leader Right And we need someone badass Like that's really what The country needs We need a badass president
0: We need a badass president.
1: We need a badass president.
0: Okay.
1: This is like, even the vice president, she's like a joke. We need a badass vice president. Okay. Like, literally, we need like Batman and Robin up in here. Like, we need, (laughs) we need like for real, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real, real. People who know about military. Like, remember there was a time you would elect presidents who had military backgrounds?
0: Yeah.
1: Now you just take these clowns. Yeah. I'm just like so sick of it. It's like, I want a a president who has confirmed kills. I want a president who's been through some some stuff in his life.
0: Yeah, this will definitely affect the next election cycle. I mean, especially if this is continuing to go on, it'll definitely color who's coming up next. Because I think they were grooming uh, Kamala Harris to be the next, you know, uh, candidate. Yeah. But um, she doesn't really have any experience with this sort of thing.
1: No, she'd be a horrible military leader. Yeah. She'd have no idea what to do. She knows how to be a prosecutor or whatever. or I think she's a prosecutor. Yeah. You know, she knows how to deal with people after the fact. but But that's what we need to focus on is in the fact, in the matter of fact, what do you do? What do you do when the submarines are... In Santa Monica, what do you do when they're in the Atlantic? Like, What do you do when there's talk of, of nuclear warhead? Like, do we go to DEFCON 1? Do we go to DEFCON 5? Like, what do we do? And I'm sure they're doing something. There's a big chain of command. Yeah. But is Biden really all there to make these decisions in the, like, I think of the movie War Games way back. Yeah. Can he really make the call? Can he really pick it up? Can he give the codes? Can he do all this? Or is he going to be mumbling, fumbling through the codes? Delta, alpha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You need someone who's like very calm and direct. Yeah. So. Wow. So, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. All right. All right. Well, this is Danny. This is John. And we'll see you next time. All right, peace. All right.